Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is our Welcome Summer installment of Forever 39 with us, Annette and Megan. Coming up in this show, we're talking about what is new to explore down the shore this summer and how to plan summer travel so you have no regrets, especially financial ones. But up first, tis the season of swimsuits. Ugh. Okay, Annette, it's upon us. Swimsuit season. That's all you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last weekend started the pool and the swimsuits. We went on vacation a couple weeks ago, and I do have to say I'm nervous every time we go away, and summer is no different. <laughs> Last weekend, I put on my swimsuit, and I was feeling okay in it because, you know, I, like, starve myself all year long. But as the day went on, I just feel like I look ridiculous in it. No. At, no, I really do. I feel like I start the day and I put it on. And I'm like, oh, this is all right. I'm all right. And then as the day goes on, I'm like, oh, my God, my stomach's sticking out. And now all of a sudden, it's a mess. But I have to be honest, I'd rather swimsuit shop than jeans shop. No way. No yep. way. I will jeans, jeans shop any day of the week. I Swimsuits, hate, no thanks. You like jeans? I hate jeans. Yeah, I'm fine with jeans. I have them on right now and I hate it. No, no, no. Uh, swimsuits are tough. I they're mean, tough, but at least especially when you're overweight. It's. I, I will tell you, as an overweight individual, it is pretty much impossible to find a swimsuit in a store. It, there's no way I'm going to like JCPenney's or Sears or Macy's. Maybe Lane Bryant might have something. Maybe Avenue. But there's not a lot of plus size stores and bathing suits, you know, are always like ridiculous size Absolutely. compared to your size. So right. I typically have to order online, which is a nightmare because you never know what you're going to get. But I used to be really, really self-conscious about being in a swimsuit. I still am. There's no doubt about that. I think everybody is across the board. I yeah, really do. I do, too. But I have gotten better. And now what I do is... So I used to do the whole like t-shirt thing. I'm sure a lot of people can relate because again, most plus size people have a tough time exposing themselves and most thin people do too. I realize that. But I used to do like the t-shirt over the swimsuit thing, which is totally uncomfortable because when you come out of the water, the t-shirt is like sticking to you like glow. So I found these um, capris from L.L. Bean and they're sort of like the parachute nylon material. Yes. So it's great because they're swim trunks. I mean, they're basically they're swim trunks for women. So I wear a bathing suit one piece and then I put those over me and I just feel a little bit better. Oh, that's a great idea. Because I'm really just then exposing like a little bit of my back and my shoulders. And I have to be very careful because I have very sensitive skin to the sun. Mm -hmm. So it works out for me anyway to have something like that on. I just think it's really, really tough. But I found a poll that talked a little bit about how women feel in swimsuits and how they deal with swimsuit season. And some of it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. It's from Fitness Magazine. They polled over a thousand women about all things swimsuits. And some of the results are pretty jaw dropping. First, about 25% of women don't trust anyone to tell them the truth about how they look in a swimsuit. Agree. Almost 40% of women are so self-conscious about the way they look in a swimsuit that if Justin Timberlake himself invited them to a pool party, they would not go. I I'd, thought that was um, 40%. I'd go, but I probably wouldn't wear a bathing suit. <laughs> I wear a cute dress. 
I just, that's an astonishing number to me. So this poll result, I really got a kick out of though. 43% of women polled by Fitness Magazine said they would give up Facebook for the rest of their lives if they could have a body like a swimsuit model's. I would still be down with that. Me too. No problem. Another 23% said they would give up their phone for a year to look like a swimsuit model. Okay. I feel like I would do that as well. I would too. It would be difficult, but to have a swimsuit model's body. Only one year? I could do it. One year. Yeah, you give it up for one year. Yeah. So what swimsuit bearing celebrities do most people want to look like at the beach? Jennifer Aniston tops the list, followed by Jennifer Lopez, Beyonce, Cameron Diaz, and Gwyneth Paltrow. So I would want to look like Halle Berry. Okay. <laughs> that would be my uh, swimsuit. She really is beautiful. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's who I would like to Top look to like. bottom, yeah. Yep. Or like Heidi Klum, who I feel like never ages. Just never ages. No, she doesn't. That's true. Well, even Jennifer Aniston. I mean, she's 50 and people she's at the top of people's list. I know. I just think swimsuits are really tough. I think it's really tough to feel confident in them. I really do. I don't I don't really know how you achieve that. Maybe just the more you wear it, the more confident you feel about it. Yeah, because some people just seem to rock it and don't care. I know. Um, Well, to that end, I actually found, and we can put it up on the website, realsimple.com has a really awesome, thorough, helpful breakdown of swimsuits for every body type, small bust, tummy issues, hip and thigh issues, whatever, all of it. So we can put that up on our page. Absolutely. And hopefully help some of you find a bathing suit if you haven't purchased one yet. You know, I have to say, like, I think part of the issue too is, is also, I'm not saying that people in other countries do not care about the way that they look and don't look at others and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're wearing that. But I think being an American and living in this country, we are really in particular very sensitive about the way we look in a swimsuit. And I have to wonder if like we would be better off opening ourselves up to nude beaches like they have in Europe and where everybody is just like, here I am world. Mm -hmm. Because then you kind of like, it's just like so normal for them. And when I was in Spain, I went to a nude beach. I was not comfortable enough going nude myself, but it was really refreshing and freeing to see how many people there were. Mm-hmm. And not everybody had a swimsuit model's body I'm at guessing all. a majority did not. And I liked, though, that nobody seemed to care. They didn't care. No one seemed to be looking at them. It's just a way of life. They are used to it. The body is not looked at the way it is here. And, and and I was like, you know, maybe that would be kind of like a really freeing experience for us to all kind of do. And then maybe we wouldn't be so obsessed about, oh, my gosh, I don't look perfect in this, so I'm not going to wear it or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. That's just kind of like my thought about it. No, that's really it's you really have me thinking. It's yeah. a shame that we feel the way we feel. But even today, it's like, there, oh, my stomach and right. oh, I, oh, and oh, and oh, I feel like I look swollen. And why do I look swollen? And, oh, my God, it never stops. And and then maybe you too realize like when everybody's got everything hanging out, you're like, OK, this person has a belly like me and they're rocking it. So, hey, yeah, I think there is a nude beach in New Jersey. I want to say like Sandy Hook or something like that. I think I think you're right. right. So maybe we need to go. All okay. right. Maybe we'll go. All right. That yeah. was, OK, <laughs> we can Instagram it. All right, guys. So if you live in New Jersey, chances are you're going to hit the Jersey Shore this summer. 
And there's a lot of new and exciting things we want you guys to know about so that you're ready. It's always fun to have good ideas. Absolutely. A direction when you leave the house. So New Jersey Monthly Magazine just recently published their Sure Guide for 2018. It's on store shelves now, and there's lots of great information inside the issue, including seven romantic getaways, top picks for sunset dining, and an in-depth look at Long Beach Island. And you can also go to their website, njmonthly.com, for more information. The magazine also shines a spotlight on some of the new things happening at the Jersey Shore this summer, and that's what we want to talk about today. And joining us is Ken Schlager. He's the editor of New Jersey Monthly Magazine. So, Ken, there's a lot of great information in your Shore Guide 2018, and one of the most exciting things that is taking place at the Jersey Shore this summer is the opening of two new casinos in Atlantic City, Hard Rock Hotel and Casino and Ocean Resort Casino. So very exciting for a lot of people, especially to go down and see and check them out. Um, but what can you tell us about that? Well, it is exciting because you know in recent years, there's been uh, a lot of negative news coming out of Atlantic City. The casinos went from uh, 12 casinos to seven casinos between 2013 and 2017. So what's happening now is that two of the former casinos that closed uh, are reopening. Both have a reopening date of June 28th. Uh, Funny coincidence there, right? So one of them uh, is at the the new Hard Rock Casino Hotel, which is at the former uh, Trump Taj Mahal. Donald Trump opened the Taj 28 years ago. It's been closed for a while now, and so Hard Rock uh, purchased it and uh, is reopening it. And what's really cool about this, I think, is that it's all Jersey people who are involved in this, Jersey developers, and even the Hard Rock itself, which is an international company, uh, has a Jersey guy uh, from Linwood named Jim Allen, who's the CEO. So, you know, hopefully they have a good grasp on on what people want at Atlantic City. And they are um, essentially styling this after the, the, the kind of Borgata concept, where you have not just gambling as an attraction, but top-notch restaurants and top-notch entertainment. And um, they've poured a lot of money, like $500 million, into redoing uh, the old Taj and, you know, and trying to make it a top-notch destination. So that's, that's their goal with that. The other one that's opening is the Ocean Resort, which is taking over the former Revel. Uh, you know, Revel hasn't been around quite that long, but it really never got any traction, despite you know, a lot of excitement about, about it when it opened. Uh, so it'll be really great to see that extraordinary building uh, open again as the Ocean Resort Casino. And uh, it, it's actually maintaining uh, some of the original features of the Revel. Uh, for example, one of the restaurants that was there was called American Cut. That's one of the kind of marquee restaurants. That's coming back. Um, but they're doing lots of, lots, and some of the nightclubs are coming back. And But they also have some cool new things like uh, they have this top golf swing suite where golfers can go and play games hitting golf balls, and uh, there'll be a Starbucks there. And uh, all sorts of, they're supposed to have up to 16 dining experiences there, plus a retail village and all sorts of stuff. So, and of course, both of these are oceanfront. They're on the boardwalk, and you know we'll all be rooting for them. Yeah, you know, I think as a New Jerseyan and as somebody who's covered sort of the the 
the downfall of Atlantic City, mm-hmm. it's so nice to see this revitalization taking part and Atlantic City really listening to its customers in that gambling is not enough. They right. really want the overall experience, much mm-hmm. like what you get in Las Vegas. Right. So it's so nice to see that these properties are going to be opening because I don't think it's good whenever you have a huge building like that that just sits vacant. It just really is an eyesore for the entire city. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, the question remains, uh, you know, like I said, it went from 12 casinos down to seven. And the, the seven casinos have actually been doing very well the last couple of years in terms of turning profits. The question is whether Atlantic City really can handle two more casino openings. And a lot of the same conditions that forced the other casinos out of business still exist. The competition from other casino resorts in the neighboring states, in Pennsylvania, New York, and Connecticut. So, um, so it won't be easy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to be an automatic success, but it's going to be about you know them developing a really good buzz for their their really their entertainment features as opposed to their uh, the, the gambling. Absolutely. Yeah, well said. Yeah, well, another exciting addition at the shore is in Wildwood. Can you talk a little bit about the new rides at Maurice Piers and the redeveloped Seaport Pier? Right. Well, Wildwood has the three piers. They're all run by a company called Maurice Piers. And Maurice Piers does a great job every summer of managing to to revitalize what they have. And they're, they're always launching something new and to you know, build the excitement about Wildwood. This year, there are two new rides on the Mariner's Pier, uh, the Wild Wizard Coaster and Pirates of Wildwood 3D, 3D Cartoon Journey. I have not experienced these yet <laughs> myself. We will meet you down there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, Maurice Pierce, they always manage to create lots of fun with everything that they do. Um, and then they're also redeveloping the Seaport Pier, which has been vacant for like 10 years now. And um, that's a little bit further north than the other piers. It's up at 22nd Avenue. And uh, and that's going to have uh, a little bit more of an upscale feel to it. It's going to have a coffee bar, a restaurant, a swim club. Apparently, uh, you can swim and swim right up to the bar. And, uh, and a little concert venue. So, you know, that'll be interesting. That was... Um, that's supposed to be opening right about now for the for the summer, so that'll be certainly something to check out. Yeah, and, and that's the thing that's exciting about the Jersey Shore, I think, is that there are boardwalks that have things, amenities, great amenities on them that if you want to spend the night occupying the kids, there there's so much that they can do. Yeah, right. You know, right. And what's cool also is that uh, you know all of the boardwalks seem to be trying to diversify and in terms of you know who they're attracting so you know they don't want to be just for kids Mm -hmm. or you know just for uh uh, shall i say (laughs) (laughs) grown-ups but there's so much space there particularly in wildwood on that that boardwalk that they can you know bring in all different types of uh of people looking for different types of experiences yeah absolutely so ken for beer lovers and there certainly are a lot of them in new jersey we've got the mud hen brewing company in wildwood that's opening right that's another maury's pier uh opening that's at on west rio grande avenue it's gonna be the first brew pub in uh in wildwood it's going to have a tasting room, um, fireplace, outdoor patio, full-service bar, and a restaurant. So that sounds like a you know a, a fun new uh, fun new destination. Again, I haven't tried the beer yet, but uh, I'm guessing it's good. We'll meet you there first. <laughs> <laughs> but if you still want more beer, there's the Surf and Sip Brew Trail in Long Beach Island. I thought this sounded really cool. People are really into this kind of stuff when you go and you know do a little bit of sightseeing, have some drinks. 
Right. This is an, uh, actually an Ocean County um, tourism initiative, and, and it's not just about the drinking. They, they say it has drinking and non-drinking stops. So the drinking stops, that's the most interesting part, right? <laughs> there, are, there are three craft breweries in the area. Uh, only one of them is actually on LBI, the Ship Bottom Brewery. Uh, just off LBI in Manahawken is the Manafurkin Brewery, and then there's the Pinelands Brewery in Little Lake Harbor. They're all relatively new. So this tour, uh, you would take in those three breweries, but it also has other stops on the tour, the South End Surf and Paddle Shop, where you can get stand-up paddleboard uh, lessons and, and a tour. Uh, there are a couple of art galleries. There's the Tuckerton Seaport, where they have a surf museum and boat building and surfboard workshops. And the idea is to visit all these places. You, you, at any one of the places, you can get a... Uh, uh, a brochure, and you download an app, and as you go to each place, you um, you use the app to val- they validate your visit, and if you visit all of the stops, I don't know, I think it's something like eight or so stops, you can become eligible to win a prize. And what they're doing that's really smart is instead of telling you you've got to do all this in one weekend or in one day, meaning that you would go and drink and drive around and just go to all these places and you know end up wrapped around a tree or something, they give you till Thanksgiving. Oh, <laughs> so there's no rush. <laughs> space yeah, it out, nice, though, right? Yeah. And you can space it out, which is great. Yes, yes. yeah. That you sounds like a lot of fun. Yes, it sounds like a lot of fun and gets you out to. You know, see not just the breweries, but, you know, art galleries mm-hmm. and, and different shops. And so it's called Surf and Sip because there's, everything is kind of either surf-themed or uh, sipping-themed. Yeah, I want to check that out. I think that sounds like a lot of fun. we got yeah. another date. Yeah, see, man, we are busy this summer. We're going to be sick of each other yeah, by the end of summer. <laughs> I, and then for those of you that enjoy visiting Seaside Heights, the beach bar has returned after being destroyed by Hurricane Sandy nearly six years ago. Right. So that's really exciting for especially residents there that, you know, have a lot of good memories of the beach bar. And the three of us. <laughs> right. And, and I've seen, you know, the, the um, artist uh, representations of this that we were looking at um, over the over the winter months are it's really incredible what they're doing. I I, I don't think it's it's not all going to be there this uh, this summer. This summer they're going to be working out of kiosks and a kind of like a pop up bar. But by next summer it's going to be uh, like a like a full club uh, right on the water with a swimming pool and cabanas and all this kind of stuff. It looks really really nice. Wow, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's nice, too, to see things get redeveloped. I mean, and you think, my gosh, it's it's been six years, but there's still so much rebuilding that yeah, has to get done. I, it's yeah, amazing. The first, the first three or four years, uh, you know, after the storm, it was a mad rush to keep track mm-hmm. of everything new that was happening at the shore. Now it's, you know, it's slowed down, but they're, you're right. There's still rebuilding being done mm-hmm. post-Sandy. And, uh, you know, so it's created... It's created some nice opportunities for some interesting uh, new destinations. Um, unfortunately, a lot was lost as well. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then finally, you don't have to go to New York City to experience a David Burke restaurant. He is a celebrity chef for those of you that um, don't know the name. But he recently opened a restaurant in Seabright called Drift House Bar and Grill. Yeah, Dr- David Burke is a true um, culinary star. Uh, you know, he's uh, got a bunch. He's been involved with a bunch of acclaimed restaurants in New York City, and uh, right in New Jersey, he had David Burke's Fromagerie and in, in Rumson. 
He's been an Iron Chef competitor. He's a James Beard Award winner, all good stuff. Uh, his brother, Robert, was executive chef at a restaurant in Seabright called Ama, Ama Ristorante. And together with partners, they've transformed it into Drift House. And Robert has stayed on as an executive chef, and David is sort of the guiding hand. And, um, you know, the menu sounds great. It's, it's on the second floor, the second level of the Driftwood Cabana Club in Seabright. And so it has great sunset views over the Shrewsbury River. It's a beautiful location. Uh, the menu sounds great. And, you know, and we're thrilled because, you know, we follow – the restaurant scene, uh, New Jersey Monthly follows the restaurant scene around the state so mm-hmm. closely. And when we see, uh, you know, the level of um, culinary offerings at the shore has been rising, uh, like a rising tide, really, uh, in, in recent years. And this is, uh, you know, this, so this is really an important new addition to the shore restaurant scene. And it's up all the way at the northern end of the shore in Seabright where, you know, there's relatively less going on than in some of the other places where there are bigger restaurant scenes like uh, like Asbury Park or, or Atlantic City or way down south in Cape May. Uh, so so this is a great development and, and someplace that's probably, you know, worth people uh, stopping in and checking out. Yeah, absolutely. And one of these days, Ken, we'll have to have you come back and talk about the restaurant scene in New Jersey because you most certainly do not need to step foot in another state to enjoy some fantastic meals. I mean, yeah. we're such a diverse state with so many wonderful, different ethnic cuisines at our fingertips. And I always say to people, there is no reason whatsoever you should be eating bad Italian food in New Jersey. And I'm allowed to say that because I'm Italian, because there are so many Italian restaurants in New Jersey that if you're going to a bad establishment, you've got a problem. It's <laughs> you know? true. It's, well, actually, we're very we, lucky. We, we forbid our readers uh, to leave New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I, I like I have, it. I have one of those bracelets on my ankle, you know, if I try to get out of the state. <laughs> You're the editor of New Jersey Monthly. You can't leave here. I still, the one restaurant I want to go to that I've wanted to go to for the longest time, I need to maybe do this for my birthday, is um, the Frog and the Peach, right, in oh, New Brunswick? Yeah, yeah oh. that's, a, that's a classic. That's been yeah. for quite a while. So. I, I just, I have and not gotten there. What's remarkable about the Frog and the Peach is that they've maintained their level of excellence mm-hmm. for all these years. Yeah, there's, and I, I'm fortunate I live close to Princeton, so I have a lot of great choices there. Oh, yeah. New Hope, which I realize is not in New Jersey, but still right over across the bridge. Lambertville. I think so many physically hurt yeah, him, but I just did. <laughs> Come on, they're part of Jersey. We just, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, Ken, that's Princeton, Princeton, that's a terrific restaurant. Definitely. Thank you so much, Ken, for being here again. If you want to check out uh, the issue, it's on store shelves now. And you can also go to uh, njmonthly.com for more information. Right. And we also have a brand new uh, electronic newsletter called Shorecast, which is free. And uh, every week we'll give you like the headlines of the latest stories we post about the shore. So you can and you can go on njmonthly.com and subscribe to that for free. It's called Shorecast. We also have a Jersey Shore Guide app, so you can have all the information right on your phone. That is oh, fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Ken, thanks for again. Here. <laughs> thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you. So, Annette, we all know that you travel a ton. Are you doing any summer trips? So my family and I go on a girls trip every year. Right. And we are doing Canada in August. We're going to do Montreal and Quebec City. And then the other exciting news I have is I have two weeks off in November. Mm -hmm. Originally, I was thinking Vienna, Budapest, Prague. But I'm not so sure that's going to happen now because of a couple of reasons. So now I'm thinking Morocco, which I'm really (gasps) excited about. Really? Yeah. I've been to Morocco and Epcot. 
Megan, <laughs> please. <laughs> well, let's talk about your summer trip. Let's okay. back it up. I read this really great article in USA Today that was about how to budget for summer travel that Annette sent to me, as always. <laughs> and what I found especially noteworthy was that something that makes us overspend on vacation is that we, as Americans, tend not to use our vacation days. Right. Thus, when we do, we lose our minds and overspend. Mm-hmm. Interesting, right? I think so. And I mean, I'm always kind of in my head on a budget, but even me, fiscally responsible girl... When we're away, I'm like, eh, what's $200? It's true. Because when it's like almost Monopoly money when you're away. Yeah. That's not good because you are going to have to come home and pay the piper. Sure. So let's start with some tips. Start backwards. So look at your budget and then pick your destination. Easy peasy, right? It is. But, you know, I never do that. I never do either. And, and that's one of the things that I'm a little excited about Morocco in, because Europe usually is pretty expensive. The dollar and, and the euro are pretty much evenly matched. So you don't really ever gain anything by going there in regards to, oh my gosh, this only costs like two US dollars. You know, that's not the case. <laughs> but uh, I was reading like the dollars were so much more in Morocco. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like a, an average hotel, like say four star hotel is like under 100 US dollars. And I'm like, man, I'm going to be living large. <laughs> wow, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, so I'm kind of like really jazzed because it, it's been a while since I've been to a country where my money has really worked for me. Uh, I, Turkey was the last country where it really got stretched. It was almost double. So the, the dollar wow. was worth like two lira in Turkey, which was great. But oftentimes I'm going to places where I'm I'm coming out even or I'm losing, like when I went to London a couple of years ago. What's the flight time to Morocco? You know, I, I have not looked into the flight time. I think I want to say it's about nine hours. I was thinking eight. OK. But again, having done Australia, none of this even I don't even care about flight time anymore. It's like, it's like driving yeah, to Philly. Yeah. <laughs> Once you do Australia, you're sort of like, oh, it's only 19 hours. No problem. <laughs> Oh my god! I can't. My we, I have a family friend. She just got back, and she traveled to Finland and Qatar and Thailand, and uh, her son took her on this I'd amazing love to go trip. To Thailand. Oh my goodness! It was so cool. Mm-hmm. But her flights. She started, and she knew the next twenty six hours <sighs> were going to take her mm-hmm. to JFK. And we live in the southern part of New Jersey, so then you're still commuting about two hours. Yep. Once. Yeah. Yep. Customs, all that fun stuff. Sure. All right. Tip number two, guys, if you're planning some sum- summer travel, don't forget food. Perhaps get a hotel where breakfast is included or use the ingredients from the breakfast for an afternoon snack if you're going to go exploring and try to avoid eating out every meal. Maybe try to do one meal a day if it's in your budget to just do that. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things that I think is tough because one of the experiences that I enjoy is experiencing the local cuisine. I really enjoy that. That's part so, of vacation to me. Absolutely. I agree. Now, what I usually will do is, yes, I try to find a hotel where breakfast is included. And then I typically will bring granola bars and crackers and peanuts and things like that for lunch so that I'm not usually typically spending money on lunch. But and I you can always keep going. go out for dinner. Yeah. Oh, okay. Always go out for dinner. Okay. I ain't cooking. No. I don't cook now. I'm certainly not cooking on vacation. Let me tell you this. I don't understand. And I'm not knocking people that do it. But a lot of people in New Jersey do the Jersey Shore for the summer. Sure. Like they'll go down for a week. Mm-hmm. So you run a home for a week on the Jersey Shore costs say seven grand it's crazy 
And but then once you're there, you're cooking or you're making beds or you, I don't want to do that on vacation. Yeah. But that's me. But yeah. the Jersey Shore is beautiful and a lot of people love it. I just don't, I would not travel that way. Uh, tip three, don't forget to pack necessities. Hand sanitizer, a refillable water bottle, which is huge. That's such a good thing. Maybe a tumbler that can keep things cold. Sunscreen, this can save you a small fortune when you arrive to your destination because then you're not, oh, I forgot the sunscreen. Let me go spend $19 at the gift shop for sunscreen that'll cost me $4 at home. It is true. And, and I have like a little bit of a love-hate battle with this because... Whenever I go overseas, I tend to overpack and act as if the country never has heard of like an aspirin before. So I'll bring like medicine and all sorts of crazy things. Sure. So, okay. <laughs> I did this when I went to Australia. My bag was 53 pounds. Now, most of you probably know this, but typically an airline will allow you 50 pounds or less. And if you're going to go over, they're going to charge you. Now, because I was doing an international flight, my bag was free because I was flying United and I'm a United card holder. So I got the bag for free. But because it weighed 53 pounds, they were like, well, it's going to be $100 each way. And I was like, there is no way I'm paying that. So now I'm at Newark Airport and I have my bag open and I am now tossing out three pounds worth of things. Oh my so God. I threw out a belt. I didn't know what else to do, but I was like, I'm not spending $200. So I threw out a belt. I threw out all the medicine. And the best part is there's this girl right next to me. We're doing the same thing. And I was just like, why did I bring all this medicine? Like, Australia is a first world country. It's not like they don't have a drugstore. But it's just like, I like to have it with me. I don't want to have to go buy it. But that's one thing I will say. Like, if you're going to a country where you know those things are readily available, uh, you don't necessarily need to go ahead and bring all this stuff with you that you, quote, might need. Sunscreen's different. You know you're going to need sunscreen. But who knows if I was going to need a cough drop or an aspirin or this or that. So, oh, please. So, yeah, all that went in the trash. Lots of money wasted on that trip. <laughs> Sebastian Maniscalco, the comedian, does a wonderful stand-up about that, losing three pounds, like how you have to figure it out. It's very you funny. Do. I will send you the clip. Okay, tip four, use credit cards to your advantage. If you can get a bonus for opening a credit card and using points like Annette just mentioned, her United card got her the free bag. Huge, huge way to save money, mm-hmm. huge way sometimes you get hotels. Annette, I know you have worked your magic over the years with different trips. Yeah, my trip to Australia was pretty much free. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that's... Yeah, flight and hotel in Sydney for seven days. Now, I went beyond Sydney, but the Sydney part was completely free. And the flight totally free. And it was like a $2,000 flight. So, Holy moly. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, you just got to work it. We're, you got to figure it out. Yeah, we're going to talk about this off the air so I can figure out how to do this. <laughs> um, okay, so here are some additional tips I found, guys. Skyscanner.com also suggests not traveling Friday to Friday, maybe Wednesday to Wednesday. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do air travel, which I think is pretty common information these days. Travel off-season to your destination which is a great way to save money. Absolutely. Use a travel tool like Skyscanner that I mentioned before to see what destinations are cheapest to get from your closest travel airport. I do that all the time. I go on Google and like, how much is it to fly out of Philly and to where? And it comes up in order of the cheapest flights you can get right now around the world. And you can always bring snacks for the plane, which I do because in the airport, they're always really pricey. So if you stop at CVS on your way, you're saving money. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Anything to add, my friend? No, I really don't think so. I think we covered it. Okay, yeah. so you want to wrap this up? So that's it for this week's show. Next week's show will cover secretly hating a friend, how to stop spending so much at the grocery store, and what you should and should not be wearing to a wedding. And guys, remember the next time you're on Twitter, follow us at Forever39NJ. We're on Facebook via NJ1015's page. And if you reach out to us for anything else, 
you can always reach us via email for that at forever39 at nj1015.com. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Bye, guys. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.